Holla. Welcome to the 32nd episode of Perkett Pod. So thrilled we've been able to bring you so many installments. And I must say off the bat that it wouldn't be possible without my friends at Bradshaw and Bryant. We'll fire up this week's episode with Minnesota hockey legend Natalie Darwitz in just a bit. But first, a great partner of the Perkett Pod podcast. It is Mike Bryant in the studio with me right now from Bradshaw and Bryant. How are things going? You've been a busy man lately. It's been, lots been going on. Uh, and and a lot of TV appearances as well. I mean, you've been really kind of getting the word out um, in a lot of ways, but also really just lending your expertise to so many people because you're you're a pretty bright guy. Well, people have a lot of questions, and it's it's like when a client calls, you want to make sure you get them the right information so that they can make the right decision on what they want to do. And that's justice for the injured is basically the tagline, right? You believe wholeheartedly in that. Absolutely. You want to make sure they understand their rights. You want to make sure that they understand what coverages they have, and you want to make sure they get protected as best they can. And what I like about you and and the way you present yourself uh, publicly is you really genuinely, I get the sense that you love your job. Yeah, usually. (laughs) You know, like anything else. Like anything, right? (laughs) No, but I mean, there's a deep passion within you to to, to help people. Well, you want to be able to give them the answers that they need. People are looking for help. They're looking for expertise. They're looking for the right answers as best you can. You want to try to give them that if you can. And so what, if if somebody is injured or somebody does need help, what do they do? They call our office. They check the website with minnesotapersonalinjury.com or they call 800-770-7008. Mike Bryant, thanks so much for being a partner of Perkett Pod. Perkett Pod, sometimes he's at play. Perkett Pod, find out what he'll say. Perkett Pod, who's coming on today? Perkett Pod. This week on the podcast, I get a chance to run into a hockey icon. Natalie Darwitz, a former prep star, a golden gopher, a U.S. Olympian, and now head coach at Hamlin University. But before we do... Random ranks. Darwitz was a forward when she played, which made me think of right-wingers and left-wingers and realize how cool those names are for positions. So here now, we're ranking the top 11 coolest position names In sports, okay? Number 11, linebacker. I mean, that's just, that just hits hard. The name even hits hard. Number 10, power forward. Rick Mahorn or somebody like that, right? Number nine, shortstop. Just, that's a classic. I mean, that could be ranked higher, but there are so many good ones ahead of it here. Number eight, attacker. Anybody who plays lacrosse knows that uh, that attackers do some damage in lax. Okay, number seven, sweeper. These, there's some great names. I think that's I think that's in field hockey actually. Number six, flanker. Number five, hooker. <laughs> I'm, now before you, I think that's a position. I'm I know it's a position in rugby. A hooker. Um, number four, libero. It's a volleyball thing. Number three, fly slip. It's, it, is a, it is a position in cricket, okay? These are the top 11 coolest position names in sports. Number two, striker from soccer. Everybody wants to be the striker, right? And number one from rowing, crew, the coxswain. 
Uh, that's the guy that, or the woman that barks out all the orders, right? I mean, the coxswain, right? Okay, back to Natalie Darwitz, the former Egan star who helped pioneer women's hockey, and that's not even close to an understatement. Darwitz went on to captain the U.S. team, medaled in three Olympics, Salt Lake, Torino, and Vancouver, and also won a pair of national championships back-to-back with the Golden Gophers. Darwitz is now the head coach at Hamlin University, where she's taken a mediocre program and helped guide them to their current status of national powerhouse. She's something else, and she joins me now. Natalie Darwitz, thank you so much for joining us on Pod. My goodness, I've been wanting to have you on as a guest for a while. Um, how's everything going on in your world? What's what's the latest with, with Natalie Darwitz? It's good. Um, you know, I love that it's, it's summer right now, and I don't mind the 90-degree heat because uh, we're on a lake. So um, it's kind of a good time to take a little break from intense hockey and, and kind of focus back on uh, some camps and clinics and small group lessons and uh, continue to build Hamlin as, as much as we can, as best as we can to, to be a national contender. Yeah. And so, so talk to me about the summer clinics. Cause I think that's interesting. You, you, you've really kind of taken to teaching and sharing the game to the next generation. Haven't you? That, that's important. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's how I grew up. Um, I think right now the, the day and age is you're playing hockey year round and, and triple A has kind of taken over. Um, when I grew up, it was, I had a softball glove and a bat in my hands from, from May until July. And then I started playing hockey again in, in late July. So um, my approach is a little bit different. Like my, my camps and clinics I run, they're only, they're, 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 they're not extensive over week long and, and summer long. It's um, it's usually three or four day mini camps. Um, and a lot of it's skill, you know, I've been blessed to be around a lot of great coaches and a lot of great instruction and, um, take the knowledge I have used and learned. And, and now I'm passing it on to young boys and girls who have that same hunger for the game. And I'm just trying to teach them the foundation skill wise skating technique, um, and apply that in the hockey IQ sense on the ice. So it's a lot of fun. I do small group lessons twice a week and, um, it's early mornings and that kind of weeds out the kids who really want to be there. <laughs> um, like so, how early are we talking? Are we talking like six? Yeah. Or? Like 6am. Yeah. So, um, you know, you gotta be driven and passionate to show up and, and, and want to want to get better at that time of day. So it's a lot of fun. So I enjoy, I enjoy working with, um, my, my son right now is a mini mite. So mini mite age all the way up until kids in college right now I'm working with and, it's just a lot of fun to kind of work in small groups and really get to know the kids and um, know what makes them tick and get them better on the ice. I'm curious. I'm going to go back to what you said about how you played softball. And um, like, to me, like, does it, it sounds like you had a pause from hockey. Like there was a, was there a little like a couple months gap where you did not play the, the sport during the summers growing up? Yeah, usually May, June, and most of July, um, I didn't, I didn't put on the skates. I mean, I still worked out and I still trained and I still, you know, even that's, I'm talking my college years and Olympic years. Wow. That's how we did it. And quite honestly, it just made me more hungry and and to salivate, to get back on the ice. Does that seem so interesting? Cause it seems like the mindset with youth hockey these days is like, it's like, if you're not doing it 12 months a year, you're not keeping up with the Joneses. Right. But you're, you're almost kind of saying that it's, it's, it's healthy to take a step back. 
it, it's for me it was super healthy it was super healthy to be playing other sports to be around different people um again I think I kind of relate it to my kids whenever whenever I'm with my kids 24 hours a day there's times I'm gonna go insane but if I have a few hours off I'm, I'm so much more excited to get back to them and I'm better I'm a better parent um so that's that was the same with hockey I mean I was still involved and it was still doing workouts with my teammates and stuff like that but we weren't on the ice um hour and a half a day going through the reps we might have been shooting pucks and doing different stuff to correlate to the game but we weren't we weren't on the ice and I think it was really valuable for us that it was uh quality over quantity yeah um and I I think that just goes a long way because you can be out there an hour and a half every single day and not be as efficient as you are if you're out there only twice a day and really excited to be out there. Yeah, that's so accurate. Do you, do, did you love softball? Like, was that, was, did, how long did that last? Like, were, were I you, loved it. I did. Yeah. And looking back, you know, I, um, I didn't realize how much I loved it to me. Like I never, it wasn't hockey for me. Like I didn't, I wasn't like, I'm going to the batting cages. I'm going to, I'm going to go to the park and take grounders or pop flies. I just played. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I was, I, I liked it. I was good at it. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't have the same work ethic and passion and time towards it as I did to hockey. Hockey is my number one. Yeah. And why was that? Because you, because it, there was just something about it that you just, it was just in your DNA or, or, or did you just, or did you find out that, that being really good at it translated to your love for it? like, it just deepened your kind of passion for it. Yeah, I just think it 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 encompassed more of my heart, uh-huh. you know. Versus, I like I like softball. I liked it. I didn't. I loved hockey. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I just things you like or you love, you're gonna put more time to things you love, and and that was hockey for me versus softball. But I I did enjoy it. I, I had a lot of fun and had a lot of great memories playing fast pitch, and um, always grew up on good teams in, in Egan, and um, yeah, it was good. It was a good break from hockey for me. Shout out to, to Egan Hockey, uh, the, which is where it all this is where it all went down. When, so yeah. you started at an at I would imagine a, at a very early age. Did you have did you have siblings that were in it, or how did you get into it, Natalie? Yeah, so I uh, I started when I was five years old. Um, I, I'm the youngest of three. I got an older sister and, a, and an older brother. Um, it just kind of happened to be the uh, generational. Uh, gender norm that my sister was like in tap dance and my my brother was in was in hockey and I got carted around as the youngest and uh I always kind of chose to go with dad and my brother to hockey because I'm like I'm not going to tap dancing and watching Nikki and I just didn't it it just was foo-foo to me um and so you know my mom was smart and she tried to enroll me in some dance classes and and be the you know be the the girl with sequence on and I just I didn't like it and um, at that time it was super strange and uncomfortable probably for my mom and dad. Cause there was no other girls really playing. So yeah. give my mom tons of credit. I mean, she allowed her daughter to follow her passion. Like, you know, I'm, there's pictures of me in our driveway with, you know, my little pony roller skates on and a hockey stick, you know, stick handling and shooting and skating around. Um, and so she saw that and she was like, okay, when you turn five years old, you can play hockey. Mm. Um, and, and I loved it. I mean, I was out there with all boys. I didn't realize that I was just out there playing hockey to me. So, um, I grew up playing with the boys up until I was, um, a seventh grader in high in middle school. Yeah. 
And, and that's where your career seemed like to me really took off, at least from my memory, um, when, when you started to get on everybody's radar as this unbelievably talented hockey player. The, 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 when you say there were no other girls, there were like no other girls, right? I mean, isn't that crazy to think about now? Yeah, I didn't really see many. I mean, I, I heard of like a couple other, like I heard of Chrissy and, and, yeah. and, the, and the Broats and, and the Curtains. And I knew they were out there, but I never really saw them um, just because you're kind of in your own little bubble of your community. Um, and they were a little bit older than me as well. But um, but yeah, it's like the cool thing looking back is I wasn't aware of that. And my yeah. teammates weren't aware of that unless a parent made us aware of that. Yeah. Isn't that okay, interesting? You got a ponytail, you know? Yeah. She's a girl. Um, it, it really, there was no, there was no mention of it in the locker room or on our team. And it was just, I was, I was their teammate. They were my Cause, teammates. Cause you were hanging. I mean, you were yeah. and excelling, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't want to like do my own horn, but I, I was, I was always one of the better ones on the team. Yeah. Playing with the boys. And so add that extra layer of, Hey, there's a girl and Oh, she's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it was more the other teams taking notice of it where they want to trash talk and get under my skin and, and the parents too. More with Natalie Darwitz when Perkett Pod continues. But first, I've got Sean Bernard here in the studio with me from Edina Realty, such a great partner of Perkett Pod. Couldn't do it without you, Sean. How is the real estate business? I would imagine with winter over, it's jamming again. It is, and you know, it, it kind of jammed even at the end of winter. People are were really wanting to buy and sell. It, lately, it's been a lot of my friends whose parents are kind of moving on to that next chapter of their life, and I'm helping them sell mom and dad's home. So, you know, a lot of guys our age, I think we're not too far off. Our parents are tending to downsize and kind of moving into that condo, that townhouse, that sort of thing. So if you know somebody is looking to buy or sell, 612-859-2594. And I also want to mention, you're actually helping out the the, the local music community as well with with your work. Yeah, I'm a huge sports fan, as you know, but I also uh, love seeing live music. And a lot of these artists and bands, it's been a really challenging year this year. So a portion of every sale on the buy side or the sell side uh, is going to a local artist or band of the choosing of the, the buyer or the seller. Sean Bernard of Diane Realty, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And if you're listening to this podcast and you love music, I got a great podcast for you to listen to. It's The Brian Oak Show. Give that a listen anywhere you find your podcasts. Perk and Do you think back and and those early days when when girls hockey just really wasn't a thing? I mean, let's face it. And then and now to see where it is now, you have to look at yourself. I mean, without tooting your own horn, bottom line is you're a you're a pioneer of sorts. I mean, you you ushered in this game to a whole generation of of girls you know yeah i i think i i think my timing was pretty good because you know there was other females before me who didn't get that opportunity you know and i don't know if you remember ringettes oh my gosh so i did ringette as a perkett play way back in the day I, I don't even recall what it was it was there were actual rings right it was, a, it was a blue rubber ring and you didn't have a blade on the end of your stick so it was just like a <laughs> You just had a stick and it was a stick and there were rings and you were just yeah, flinging them was, or what? It was, it was, 
it's fascinating. So like I would go to the rinks and see other girls do that and be like, what in the <laughs> world is this? Um, so, I mean, it, it was unfortunate because the, the players before me, the females before me, they didn't really have a chance. They didn't really have an opportunity. So they had to play ringette. So it was, you know, like the Broad sisters and the curtains and uh, Suring Jarvis and the Laura Halderson's like, you know, they had to pave a lot of way before us. And so, you know, we came in at a fortunate time that, you know, there was hockey at the U, there were scholarships. Um, Ritter was just being built, stuff like that. So um, we paved the way. I mean, it's all about paving the way for the future because well, let's be honest, right now it's way better for the players coming up than it was for us. And that's how it's supposed to be. And that's hopefully can continue the trend. Um, but yeah, I think, I think players, you know, like Chrissy and, and the Broats and myself and the curtains, and I'm missing a lot of names here. So, um, but you know, we play, we grew up playing with the boys. And um, then when we got into high school hockey, I think we made it credible that, oh, hey, I played with them. They are really good. And they're tearing it up now with the other girls. Um, and we just grew the game. And I think a very great time. I remember, you know, when we Park Center came and joined up, came and played at Egan Civic Arena, uh, that place was standing room only. Right, because the hype was out there because yeah. it was the Wendell Darwitz matchup. I know you had teammates, both of you, and good yeah. ones, but but uh, but that was the marquee matchup. I remember that. Yeah, and, and that was very like that was under ten years in being a sanctioned state high school league sport. So, I mean, that was a huge, I think, moment for the women's game. That it wasn't just packed with grandmas and grandpas and mom and dads. There was there were hockey fans there who didn't have any skin in the game. And that, I thought that was a really cool moment for, for the sport and, and helped grow it. So, um, you know, I, I'm very fortunate to come in when I did, and I feel blessed that I could be able to make the, make the game better. Yeah, those high school days were awesome, though. I mean, the, the, you had the Wildcats ripping. I mean, they were, you just had, was it, was it, was it fun? Was, that, was it a blast just kind of dominating? <laughs> you know, I look back and, I mean, there's nothing like Minnesota State High School hockey in Minnesota. So it's, it's some of the greatest memories, like just to have the section games packed, the bands playing, go to the state tournament, um, play for your community. There's, there's, there's nothing that can replicate that point in time. And yeah. so it was a pretty cool experience to, to have it. Was there any doubt that you would go to the U? Or like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I know there are other programs. Where, where, was that a tough sell or was, was that just like, oh, yeah, this is it? You know, I think in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, it's a no brainer. I'm going to the U. Um, my recruiting uh, story is a little bit different because I was trained for the Olympics. So I didn't really you yeah. know, talk about going on visits and getting the meals and stuff like that. I didn't really have that because um, I was I was with the Olympics and that was my priority and, and the college coaches knew it. So I kind of did abbreviated like recruiting thing where I, I knew I was I knew I was going to the U. I mean, but I looked at some other schools, but never really visited them. I I, I entertained the thought, but it, it didn't go farther than that. Yeah, yeah, and 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 then that Olympic experience because it started in '02, did it not? Yeah, my first Olympics was was 2002. I was 18 years old. How was that? You know, it was it was phenomenal. Um, to you know, to have Olympics in your backyard and, and me being 18 years old and still in high school and um, just kind of hearing back in back in Egan High School they were watching the games on the TV in the rooms and and all that was pretty cool um but to just to have the I, I was really fortunate to have two Olympics in North America 
you know, Salt Lake yeah. in 2010, 2010 was Vancouver. Um, so I was really fortunate for my family and friends to come to those two Olympics. And, um, you know, Salt Lake was awesome. A lot of great memories, like just meeting Wayne Gretzky, you know, off the ice and meeting a lot of hockey players and, and seeing a lot of different sports. And then, um, unfortunately came up short in the, in the gold medal game against Canada. We, we beat them that year, eight times in a row in the, oh, gosh. and then lost to them in the, in the, the one game that mattered the most. So, I mean, that one still stings. Cause I think we had a, like of all the three Olympic teams, that was the most skilled. Cause uh, that, that team was loaded. Like yeah, we that was good. Karin by, I mean, who, who else was Karin, on that team? Jamie, Alana Blahosky, uh, Minnesota, oh Chrissy. Um, yeah, that team was, it was a really skilled team and, uh, it just wasn't meant to be. It was like, everything was going against us that day. So, um, but yeah, that was a, like, that was a tremendous experience being my first one and being lucky to have it in the U S was, was cherry on top. Okay. I want to go back, just rewind just a little bit. Cause it's not like I'm going to just let that comment go. Uh, you met Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> yeah, okay. it, was, it was pretty awesome. Um, uh, against Finland, um, against Finland, I had a hat trick. Um, and so after the game, you kind of go through a mix zone yep. of, of media, as you know. Um, but I, I was swept through the mix zone to say, Hey, Natalie, you're going to have your own press conference. And I was like, all right, cool. So, you know, I walk into a room with the stage on and again, I'm 18 years old and, um, bunch of reporters in there just to talk to me and just kind of have my own press conference. And, and after the press conference, I'm walking back to the locker room with uh, Bill Robertson, who at the time was with the Minnesota Wild. He was like our press guy. Um, I'm walking back and Wayne Gretzky is just hanging out in the hallway. And I go to Bill. I'm like, hey, that's, that's Wayne Gretzky, right? And he's like, yeah. He's like, you ever meet him? I'm like, nope. He's like, oh, come on over. Oh, my gosh. He knew him from the NHL and stuff like that. So he went over and, and uh, introduced me. And he goes, nice game. He just had a hat trick, huh? So he saw the game, watched the game, you know, knew, my, knew who I was, knew who I was because of how I played that game. Um, so that was pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome memory. That is, that sounds so cool. And then you went to Torino. Did, was your family able to go to Italy for that or no? Or yeah, you... my, my immediate family went to that one. Um, yeah. That one, uh, very different feel from the other two. Um, you know, we didn't, we underperformed there too. We got a bronze. Um just didn't really have the Olympic feel as the other two. Um, but I think when a lot of people think of Italy, they think of uh, Venice and the Florence. And we were in the Detroit of Italy. So <laughs> it wasn't what I was expecting but, um, <laughs> from all the pictures. I guess I should have done my homework a little bit better about it. But it was all right. And uh, then the last one was Vancouver. Yeah. And that was a golly. That was a, another hard fought. Those Canadians were, were just so good. I mean. Yeah, we, um, I think we peaked early that year because we, we, we had Canada's hand early in the year. Um, and we previously won the world championship the year before. Yep. Uh, and I just, I just think as the year went, we, we were kind of unraveling a little bit and weren't playing our best hockey and but, uh, lost two nothing that game. Yeah. But three, three Olympic medals over the course of what, I mean, eight years is pretty, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know you, 
you you wish that you know you attained the ultimate top of the podium but i mean for the for the most part i mean that was it was a pretty great run yeah i mean at, at the time if you would have asked me i'm competitive and i'd be like you know but looking back now that i'm older and and uh can see the big picture uh, i've been pretty lucky and fortunate and seen a lot of uh cool places and met a lot of great people through through the sport of hockey and um just kind of very fortunate to, to have that past. Yeah. And speaking of the Olympics, you did a little broadcasting stint, Natalie, like you did like with, with NBC for the Sochi games, right? Yeah. I mean, that was like just totally out of my comfort zone and throw me into the fire. I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, it was a learn as you go, but it was a crazy story, like out of the blue. Um, uh, Cammy Granado previously held the spot. Okay. And, uh, and this is as like a studio analyst kind of thing, right? Studio analyst. So I was basically with Liam McHugh and, and Catherine Tappen. Uh, if you watch like hockey now. So um, they, they called and they're like, Hey, Cammy doesn't want to do this. Can't do this position anymore based off her family. Would you be interested in coming out to New York to do an interview? And I'm like, do you know who you're talking to? Like, I, I can't even like muster up a sentence without start stuttering or something, you know? Um, and they're like, Hey, just try it. Like, see what you can do. Like we, you, we got a good recommendation that you'd be good at it. And I'm like, all right, cool. So they flew me out. They had me do like a, a test run of a game and talk about, you know, analysts during in between periods of like a player or a goal or whatever. And they're like, just talk hockey. And I was like, all right, cool. Like uh, I was like, no expectations. I was like free trip to New York. Let's do this. Um, I did it. They, I flew back. They called me a few days later, like the job is yours. And I'm like, <laughs> you were dumbfounded. Did, like, was, was, do you, so you didn't think like after you left the audition or whatever it was just like talking about hockey that, that you didn't think that you nailed it or what? Or no, did you I, think no, I mean, I had no prior like experience. So I didn't know if I was like a train wreck or good. I was like, okay. Okay. I, mean, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of talk hockey. Um, and uh, they were like, yeah, come out. And then, I mean, I really had no training or anything like that and got to, got to uh, Sochi. And they're like, here, here's your ear set. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> there still wasn't training up until that point. Yeah, or was not there? really. Not really. I did two, I did two pre-Olympic games, but I was in between the benches. So I was like Pierre Maguire. Yeah. But this was completely different because I was in studio in between periods. And so at the game so i was doing two completely different things so you're like where do i look where do my hands go yeah, <laughs> like i i give you guys so much credit because you got that stupid earpiece in that they're taught like everybody should experience this somebody talking into your ear and you still having to talk yeah it's messed up it, it's the hardest thing ever it's and, messed uh, up it's it messed took, up it took and, me a while to get used to that so um, yeah but yeah, what, that was a, a cool thing. I'm glad I did it. It was totally out of my wheelhouse and out of my comfort zone, but I'm, I'm glad I did it. Yeah, no, that was, that was terrific. And, and then of, go back to the Gophers too, if you don't mind, Natalie, you, you had some national championships with them and that was under, was that, that was Laura, right? That was with yeah. Halderson. Yep. What, what was that experience like that? You guys, you guys were just a, a juggernaut then. Yeah, I mean, uh, talk about talk about skilled teams. Um, you know, uh, two back-to-back championships, national championships, 04 and 05. Um, 
you know, the first one was really special in, in my career, like, uh, personally, individually, I've never, never been like a champion. So, you know, you win, you win youth tournaments here and there. That's cool. Um, but you know, in 2002 Olympics, we, we got silver. We were, we were, we were losing world championships. Um, so that was the first time, honestly, I felt like the monkey was off the back that won something. Um, so that was a pretty special moment to, for the first time, meaningfully to like throw your gloves in the air and hogpile the goalie and, and call yourself champion. So for individually, for me, that was the first time that that really ever happened in my career. So that was really cool. Uh, but we just had like really good teams. Um, you know, the line of me, Christy and uh, Kelly Stevens, like we were rock solid, like one of the best probably college hockey lines could be ever to, to play. Um, and we just dominated and it was tons of fun. And then we had a really good core group of, of really solid role players like Andrea Nichols and uh, Jordy Horak and Nett. And um, it, it was awesome. So we won the first one in 2004. We beat Harvard six to two. And then the following year, it was really special because we had the target on our back every single game of the year. We were rated number one. Um, and to do that in sport, like, is ridiculously hard. Um, and so we, to win a back-to-back championship. So that year was really special, uh, to back it up and do it again. So, um, a lot of great memories at the U of just teammates and, and, uh, uh, coaching staffs were great and the U is a great place. Yeah. Yeah. And what a program, my goodness. And they've just continued it over the years too. It's just, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. So then now here, where was the coaching bug? When did that ever kick in Natalie? Like, when did you say, you know what, I can do this. And, and I know, I think you were an assistant at the U too, weren't you? Mm-hmm. So yeah. was, was, was there like, you know what, this might be the, this might be the transition that, that I want, like eventually, you know? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if the coaching bug, I ever really noticed it. I, I did a lot of camps and clinics and to me, those were camps and clinics. And that was more about giving back. Um, but my dad was the coach at Egan high school at the time. And um, I was still playing and training for the 2010 Olympics. And he's like, Hey, come out once a week and, and run a practice or talk to the forwards and coach them up. And I'm like, ah, no. And he's like, no, you're going to, you're going to do it. And uh, kind of twisted my arm and, 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 and told me I was going to come out and, you know, one week turned in one time a week, turned into two, turned into three, turned into, I was going every day. Funny. And uh, so dad knew best. He, he knew uh, and just kind of fell in love with it. And um, honestly, at the time it made me a better hockey player too. Cause I was, I learned better communication skills. I just saw the game in a different perspective Um so it really helped out me playing as well. And so I coached with him for a year or two at, at the go at, uh, at Egan. And then Brad asked me to be a forwards coach, um, at the U. So I was there a year when I was still playing, um, training for the Olympics. I took the Olympic year off and then I went back after I was done playing for a year. And I, I love my time at the U, um, it was fun. I love being around the highest level and, and great athletes. It's just a time commitment piece. I was like, I was traveling and doing USA hockey and then going to college hockey and traveling. I was just kind of burnt out from going to hotel to hotel. Yeah. So I decided to go kind of back to high school hockey. So I coached Lakeville South for four years 
Yeah. Um, and got back immersed into the high school realm and it was a lot of fun and um, kind of jump started that community and, and went to a state tournament, in my, I think my fourth year. Um, and then, and then Hamlin kind of happened out of the blue and I've been there ever since. Did they just come out and reach out to you? Yeah. So, uh, the, the athletic director there just reached out to me and, and, uh, he's a smart guy. He was like, Hey, do you know anybody that would be interested in this job? Do you want to have lunch? Can you help <laughs> me out? And when we met for lunch, it wasn't about anybody else. It was about, <laughs> it was about me, um, taking the job. And at first I was, I was like, no, no, thank you. I was, I was pregnant the first time with my first child and I had no interest. Um, but the more he talked about the vision of the program and, and, and the vision he had for the women's hockey program. And um, he did something really cool that um, I'm forever grateful for is he just was like, Hey, I know you want to have, be a part of your family. So um, I would trust you to do your job and to be a mom as well. And so you don't need to come in and clock in and clock out. So that's kind of was a turning point for me. Like, okay, I, I'm able to raise my kids and continue to my passion to coach hockey and he allowed that to happen and, and say, Hey, you don't need to show up at 9.00 AM and leave at five o'clock and be seen, do your job and we're good. And so, um, yeah, I've been at Hamlin. This was my sixth year. We, uh, went to two frozen fours, the last frozen four, we just came up short in the national championship game. Um, but we kind of went from Hamlin being like, when, when you said Hamlin, people are like, do they have women's hockey? Mm. Like, they weren't very good to they have a good hockey. Okay. You say Hamlin. It's like, Oh, you guys got a good program. So it's been cool to transform Hamlin into a, a national contender. That's awesome. Natalie. I'm glad it's working out for you there. That's, yeah. it just seems like, and, and they play at the, at, at Tria, don't they? Or. Oh man. Tria is amazing. It's uh it's uh, a game changer for our, our program to play in that rink every day. Their rink staff there treats us amazing. Um, they treat us like the wild, to be honest with you. Um, you know, they're only there about you know twenty percent of the time with their schedule and how 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 much they're traveling and playing games. So um, the rink's really really ours to 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 be to have. So we're tremendously fortunate to be there, and um, it's been a great uh, shot in the arm for our program to call that place home. Don't you think it helps? Don't you think it helps with, with all of it, with recruiting, with, I mean, with, with everything. Absolutely. When you're walking into a, a rink, a facility with amenities and the best ice and um, you know, just, just everything from parking to how we're treated to yeah. the, the facility. It's, it's amazing. It's a step up. We grew Hamlin and Oscar Johnson, which is a Ramsey County rink. And it was a quite, quite honestly, the opposite of Tria. <laughs> so you know, we sold Hamlin and, and then it was awesome because when we were starting to grow, it's when we moved into Tria. So they were kind of like hand in hand. Yeah. Our program was growing. Okay. And then we moved into a, a great facility. So um, it certainly helps with recruiting to bring, and, and it's fun to go to a rink every day that like has an atmosphere and a positive energy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I have a daughter who plays and I, I think that I saw you at that rink. I saw you at Tria just kind of tooling around. Uh, I mean, you know, and, uh, and it was a, a girls hockey tournament and um, that was the day we beat Edina, which was a huge, which was in, in any kind of division of hockey boys or girls. It's just, it's just, it's good when you can beat Edina. It's just, it's impressive. I guess is what I'm saying. Cause they're always so good. Right. And so yeah. then to be able to, to, you know, come up and bite them on the butt was, was kind of awesome. For us. Absolutely. 
Yeah. What would you say to, to young girls that are just, you know, just kind of diving into it and, and really getting into the game and, and really wanting to take those next steps towards greatness? You know, what, what is some advice you would give young hockey players? You know, it sounds cliche and cheesy, but it's, it's fun. I mean, it's, are you passionate about it? Uh, for me, it, it was, when I woke up, it was the first thing on my mind and the last thing on my mind when I went to bed. Like I, I, I loved hockey. I enjoyed it. I wanted to shoot pucks. I wanted to rollerblade and play roller hockey and uh, go to the rink. And um, so I, I was following that passion. So I would, I would just say to any little young girl or boy, like it should be fun, you know, uh, and that's how you're going to get better. So if you need to take a break, take a break, you know, stay with your commitment. I'm not saying to be like, okay, I signed up for this. I'm not going to go, but talk to your kids and, and have your kids voice. Hey, I'm, I'm really excited to go to hockey today. Um, that should be the, the framework behind it. That's how you're going to get better. That's how you're going to see improvement. That's how passion is going to develop. Um, so it sounds super cheesy, but it's got to be, you got to want to do it and enjoy doing it. Awesome. Natalie Darwitz, thank you so much for your time. Continued success with Hamlin, with your young kids, uh, living on the lake, <laughs> whatever else you're up to. I so appreciate your time and, uh, and, and delightful to catch up with you again. Thank you so much for having me. That'll do it for this episode of Perkett Pod. We want to thank our partners, Audio Wiz, Justin Bailey, theme song by Taylor Robert. Keep listening weekly for another episode with Minnesota sports influencers and icons on Perkett Pod. Feel free to share this podcast. Give us a simple subscribe click. It doesn't cost you a thing. Heart us, rate us, double tap us, whatever you want. And until next time, remember, shine bright. Don't be afraid to be weird and open your hearts to inclusion. Peace. Perk and Pond, sometimes he's at play. Perk and Pond, find out what he'll say. Perk and Pond, who's coming on today? Perk and Pond.